This is Karen Rose, and you're listening to Caribbean Power Lunch. Podcast World. This is Caribbean Power Lunch, where we feature Black-owned businesses. I am your host, Kevin Valley, and back again, <laughs> we have digital entrepreneur, Karan Rose. Yeah. Karan, well, welcome finally to the Cabin Studios. You know, last time we, we recorded in our fancy eco studios because we had to get somewhere fancy for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, welcome to the Cabin Studios. We're happy to have you here drinking you some rum me, and man. everything. Thank you for having me. So you started off selling mobile phones to people and you mean you were the you were the resident android expert right you would fix yeah. phones i think you you published a you published a document on how to take the best care of your phone like even up to now i still don't let my phone go below 20 percent and i i try to <laughs> i try to cut the charging off at 90 yeah, but sometimes yeah, yeah. i just charge when i'm sleeping yeah, right yeah, yeah. so you know you experts on all of that and you sold phones online and everything but now you kind of you transitioned you know you started yeah. a website using your other last name yeah karenrose.com yeah yeah, so tell us about that. So tell us about that whole... The transition. That transition into the digital age. Yeah, so essentially, like, end of last year, when I launched KarenRose.com, that would have came out in November. And my goal was I wanted to start talking about my journey through entrepreneurship in the Caribbean because I have a lot of people that follow me from Canada, that follow me from the States, and they look at me like, yo, like, if you were able to move out from Canada and come back to the Caribbean and do what you're doing, maybe I could do that same thing too. So I always preach about, you know, people from the diaspora coming back to the Caribbean and taking whatever you were doing in the States or doing Canada, in the UK and bringing that back to the Caribbean because that's how we're going to move forward, right? I mean, we've, our parents left to go build up everybody else's land, so why not us? So KarenRose.com was supposed to be and still is my journey of doing that and to keep me accountable. But in doing that, I realized that I'd get a lot of questions and people wanted to know about how you built Droid Island. How are you able to, you know, build some of the brand partnerships? How are you able to do a lot of things? And so it got to the point where I started to talk about the how, how I was able to do a lot of things, you know, why you should build your website, how you could become the face of a brand. And I was talking about a lot of things that I was doing and I was giving steps on how to do that, right? So then it turned into more of me teaching a lot more, but it was teaching from a different aspect. So Droid Island was all about educating on mobile technology. Karen Rose turned into educating on entrepreneurship and how do you utilize the technology to build your online business. And then for all of 2019, I've been wrestling with the idea of where does Droid Island fit in? Where is this new path taking you, right? Because I never set out. Last time we talked, I was talking about something completely different. I was more talking about the content creation with Content Factory and doing that because I'm, I'm passionate about creating content, right? And this year kind of just pulled me into a completely different direction where, again, I've built Droid Island and people wanted to know about you know all aspects of it and how I did certain things. And I realized I started to get a lot more joy working with entrepreneurs and trying to help them build their online businesses, but not so much from the aspect of, hey, you know, let me work with you so I can take your business from, you know, no money to 100K or let me grow your following, whatever. 10X. <laughs> it was all about, let me teach you about 
the tools that you need in your business to actually build it online. I mean, you've sat down and we've talked about WordPress. Oh, yeah. So this entire year was me figuring out, and it might not have looked like it to the outside world, but the entire 2019, I did not know what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't know where I was at a crossroads with, yo, I have so much happening with Droid Island. I've made all the right connections. And now I'm at a position where I can leverage those connections because they're listening to me. Now to say you're going somewhere completely different, you know, why would you, why would you do that right now? But I started to realize again, like I just had to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. What do I want to be known for? And and most importantly, what makes me happy? If I'm, I can't do something that doesn't make me happy because then I'm not going to be able to motivate myself to do it. What I find is interesting, so I'm listening to you just now, and you know, last year you recommended this book to me called Key Person of Influence, mm-hmm. right? How to become the go-to person in, mm-hmm. in your niche, in your industry, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to you just now, it sounds like you walk through all these steps. So I want to break down these steps because people always feel like success is this big nebulous thing and it's just a big accident. I think, like, okay, well, this was unlucky, this person did it or whatever, but is everything can be broken down into systemic methodical approach, right? Mm-hmm. right? And in that book, Key Person of Influence, you know, they walk you through a five-step process and it seems like you went through that process, right? So, I mean, I want to break that down. So, the first part of that process is your pitch. You have to iron out your pitch. So, you first of all, to, to know what you're going to pitch, you have to know what you want to do, right? Yeah. How, you decide, how do you decide that, hey, I want to be a digital entrepreneur. I want to talk about digital entrepreneurship. I want to blog about it. I want to partner with brands. And how do you know about that you want to do that? And then, how did you craft that into a pitch that you could articulate to people to get them to buy in. When we talk about learning how to craft that pitch, there's a lot of self-assessment that you have to do. You need to really figure yourself out. One of the things that I tell people to do when they're trying to figure out their passions is you want to be able to, you know, get a piece of paper, write down everything that you like, everything that you could think of that you could see yourself doing, Take a day, take two days, write down everything you can think of. Give yourself a time limit, but I'd say give yourself a day. Write down everything you could think of that you would like, that you're interested in. doesn't have to be a business. Okay. Anything you like, anything you're interested in, don't think about business, don't think about money. Just think about who you are, what you like, what makes you happy. Write all that stuff down. And then after that day, take a week to just go over that list and start to cross things out that you can't see yourself doing for the next three years. When you get down to the last three things, you want to research the absolute hell out of both, out of all three topics and give it some good thought and look at it like, you know, what could I jump into that I really love to do that can actually make money? So I'll give you two tools, right? Two tools that I use is Google Trends and I use Uber Suggest. And basically what those tools are is those tools pull data from the Google search engine, the Yahoo search engine, and basically give you information on keywords or key phrases. So if you jump on Google Trends, you can type in like, okay, let's just say if you want to sell smartphones, right? If I want to figure out if this topic or if this niche is something that people are really looking for, if it's viable, I would then put in, you know, some key terms within that niche and see if people are actually searching for this online. And if people are searching for it, and then you can start to see all the kind of questions they're asking, all the related terms that they're looking for. 
And now you can really say, okay, you no, know this is actually viable in my country, in my city. So this is something I could possibly turn into a business, all right? When you look at the data, you get a very good idea if your niche that you're thinking of is viable. Using some of these tools, it'll help you clarify and, and niche down, but it will also help you with your SEO and also help you with creating content because you're going to be creating stuff that people actually want and need, right? And on top of that, you're seeing it from the data. You're not guessing, right? So it's, you're not jumping into a niche based off of a hunch. Like you can use the data to jump into that niche. When it comes to digital entrepreneurship, like you just look around, especially in Trinidad right now, where we're in the midst of a massive, massive change. A lot of companies are implementing new technology. And because of that, they're, they're able to now trim the fat. They're, they're able to slim down and run a lot leaner than they would of years ago. So now that companies are running leaner, and a lot of people who have been working for companies for like 15, 20 years haven't upgraded their skills, a lot of them are, are lost. You know, a lot of them are lost. So like I would have people coming to me and they're like, yo, like, how do I get started? And it starts by assessing yourself. And again, even now I'm still trying to, I feel like I've just kind of finished assessing my next move with, you know, digital entrepreneurship. But that took a while because I'm like, I didn't plan to do it. But again, you're just looking at all these signs. People are coming to you. Like a lot of opportunities are opening up for you to talk about the tools, entrepreneurship, the blogs that I create are just talking from my experience. So I started to realize from my own experience that, you know what, I love to talk about entrepreneurship because I believe that entrepreneurship is the way that black people are going to be able to put themselves in a, in a better position and be more self-reliant. And even when I've thrown workshops, like my own private workshops, teaching people certain things, it's because I see people struggling in a lot of areas. I see people struggling with creating content. They, I get a lot of questions about creating content, right? And because of time, it's not always feasible to sit down one-on-one -on -one with people, right? So, okay, I could do a workshop. But again, you're not doing this with any kind of backing from anybody. It's coming out of pocket when you do it. So you'll charge for the workshops, whatever, right? You're not charging no big money because at the end of the day, people still don't know the value of content creation. So you can't tell somebody, hey, my workshop's $1,000 because they don't know the value of content creation to say $1,000 is worth the workshop, right? But a small monetary fee is going to be able to cover what we need to cover. And then you still make a little bit of money. That way it's still worth your time, but your expenses for doing everything are covered, right? Now I've kind of worked out that I want to start doing online courses. I want to start creating more eBooks and I want to start teaching people more about the digital tools to get them thinking about digital entrepreneurship as a viable method to get them out of their situations. I guess the second step in this um, key person of influence methodology is publishing, right? It's publishing content, mm -hmm. establishing yourself as a thought leader in whatever niche that you Correct. decided that you want to focus on, Correct. that you decided that you are passionate about Correct. after doing that one day, three day, five day exercise, yeah. right? After writing, just taking weeks off to write. Yeah. <laughs> <across> <laughs> <all> <laughs> so right. when, when you start publishing that content, it is to position yourself as a thought leader in the space. And if you're not doing that, you're not going to find success. I 100% believe that the market tells you if you're an influencer, right? If you can put out an event and it gets booked because people want to hear you speak, people want to learn from you, then yeah, most definitely that you're an influencer. Too many people here want to teach whatever they want to teach, but they're starting from step 10. 
You can't tell people how to monetize a website if they don't even have a website. Like if they're not even if they're not even thinking so about a website. Come on my face, a page and I teach you how to monetize your website. I yeah, like it's <laughs> insane, right? It's insane. Like too many people are starting from step 10. I'm like, the reason why people are not tech savvy for the most part here is because we don't have grassroots program. So like you can go in Canada, you could go take free classes in Apple. They're teaching you how to code. They're teaching you how to build games. They're teaching you photography. You can go to free night school classes, teach you WordPress websites, right? Like you have all those things happening. So it's easy for people to grow and be more tech savvy and be more and be more savvy with what's happening now than here where we don't have that happening. The reason why you're not getting what you want out of a lot of the things that you're doing is because you got to do the in-person workshops. And I'm like, you can't just put a charge to it. You got to do it for free too. So I call this green company and I was like, yo, this is what I'm trying to do. And I get, I had a working relationship with them. Right. So I got them to sponsor the facility. I then went over to this red banking company mm-hmm. and I was like, yo, that's big enough. They're not <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm doing this project. It's a three-part workshop series. You guys are very big on entrepreneurship because I've seen you guys do a couple of projects that you guys have, you know, publicized a lot. Yeah. Backed on with entrepreneurship, whatever, right? I'd like you guys to get involved. And Be Mobile is a sponsor. They're sponsoring already. So, you know, we want you to come on board. They're like, oh, Be Mobile's on it. And it's entrepreneurship. And it's you. Yeah, let's do it. They're like, what do you need from us? I'm like, I need money. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, yeah, send us the invoice, send us a quote, and let's do it. So we did those workshops, and it set the tone for the rest of the year because then we got to showcase our expertise. We also got to showcase that we could pack a room because every class had about 40, 50 people in it, right? And that just set the tone for the rest of the year. All right. The next step is products, right? So now we're starting to talk monetization, mm-hmm. right? And there are two options. You can align yourself with existing products. You know, maybe you can my partner with um, a bank and align yourself with their products or with a fintech company and align yourself with their rebel card. Mm-hmm. Or you could, <laughs> you could create your own products, right? Mm-hmm. I guess that's what goes to your, your courses, your workshops and everything. Correct. So with the beauty with digital entrepreneurship is that digital products are the cheapest and easiest things to scale. Because if you write ebooks, we have never had this much publishing platforms like ever at any point in time. You can make one ebook and get it on Amazon within seconds, Barnes and Noble. You could put on your own platforms. Like you can get it on Google Books. Like you could get that stuff anywhere, right? So digital products are easy to create, they're very cheap to create, and they're very easy to scale. Then you could look at building out your online courses. You have platforms that do all of the heavy lifting for you. So you have like, think, uh, you have Teachable, which is one of the most popular ones. Thinkific, Kajabi. You could do Udemy. You could do Coursera. There's a lot of platforms where you can build your courses and everybody has different models, right? So like Udemy is like their own course universe. You go in there, they have tons of courses from different people and you're pretty much just putting your courses into that ecosystem. But if you're your own brand, you could use a platform like Teachable, Kajabi, or Thinkific, and you could build out your own courses, integrate that within your own website as well. And all of that content is all yours. So courses is the e-learning industry in 2019 is going to be valued at over like $3 billion. 
Mm-hmm. US, US, and it's exploding. It is the e-learning industry is exploding, right? So if you decide that you want to start to do ebooks, courses, you know, YouTube is a viable thing in the Caribbean because you can monetize your YouTube channel here in Trinidad and earn US currency. How? <laughs> How? <laughs> you know, now because I haven't done it, Devon has, mm-hmm. right? So Devon's my video guy. Uh, shout out to Devon X Scott. So he does all my videos and he's one of the only YouTubers in Trinidad who actually gets paid every month from YouTube, right? He actually wrote a book on how to monetize YouTube in the Caribbean that's available on Amazon. I mean, at his core, it's really about generating that content and generating that traffic. You're producing that content that generates that traffic. And then because you have so much traffic, so much viewers, so, so much subscribers, are you able to display ads on your profile? And then I guess... So on YouTube, right? So they do it automatically. Once you activate the monetization, they'll run the ads automatically because you could opt out of that, right? Uh-huh. And then there's a limit. And I think it's something like 10,000 minute minimum watch time or four hour minimum watch time that has to happen. And then you're going to be eligible for monetization. So you could monetize YouTube channels. You could do affiliate marketing. So one of my favorite things to do is, you know, if you're a content creator, you should be using something like an Amazon Affiliates where whenever you're talking about something, you can drop relevant things into your content that promotes products that can help your audience and they can purchase on Amazon and it's at no cost to them, but you get a commission off of any sale that you make. So the fourth part of becoming a key person of influence is building your profile, becoming known, liked, and trusted, and now yeah. trust is the most important part yeah, of me, very, right? Very. You know, I mean, it could like everybody like you. Okay, you look nice. Yeah. Okay, but do we trust you? Do we really? Are you credible to us? Do we really want to take your advice? Yeah. Or do we just want to keep scrolling? Yeah. All right. So how do we? How do we build that trust? So you need to niche down. You can't be something for everybody, right? So first things first is getting clear on your niche and who you are speaking to. So let's just say you're somebody who you want to talk to pregnant women about prenatal care, right? Cool. Like that's a very general niche. But now if you say, I want to talk to Caribbean women about prenatal care who are diabetics, that's a very specific niche. And the care for that is going to be completely different than if it was somebody else, right? So now Caribbean women who are diabetics, who are having children, are going to look at you like, oh my God, this person's a second coming. (laughs) (laughs) This person has all the information that they're speaking directly to me, right? So understanding how to create your own niche is super important. You can't be a generalist anymore if you want to stand out. You have to niche down. So learning how to niche down and not being afraid to niche down, not being afraid. Like you speak to Caribbean black entrepreneurs, right? That's a very specific niche because it is Caribbean black entrepreneurs. Yeah. So anybody who falls within that niche is going to be tuning in. And it could be whether they live here, it could be from the diaspora, right? Yeah. So learning how to niche down and not being afraid to niche down is super, super important. Okay. I guess the, the last part, the last major key to becoming a key person of influence is you need to have those partnerships. You're able to partner with financial institutions. You're able to partner with fintech yeah. companies. Talk about that. So you need to collaborate 
And one of the most important things about collaboration is trying to find brands or institutions that align with your message and your messaging aligns with theirs. Whether you've ever seen me work with, everybody makes sense. Like nobody's out of the blue. You came to the event yesterday for the Rebel launch, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I never reached out to them, but they had reached out to me and they were like, yo, here's the setup, right? When they call me, they're like, yo, this is the event we're doing. This is what we're launching. This is our biggest event to date. And we're doing it, you know, here in Trinidad. And we're thinking about hosts. But when you think of hosts, you know, you have the comedians, you have radio personalities, you have popular people, you have pretty people who are, you know, popular on Instagram. And they're like, we don't want to lower our brand by putting those people in that situation. Right? Listen, I'm waiting for them to make that point. I, got, I have to come in on that. I have to come in on that. I'm waiting for them to make yeah. that point. Go ahead. They're like, we don't want to lower our brand by putting these people in that position. Like, we're tired of that. They're like, we need somebody who is in our space, who gets it, who is charismatic, who can deliver on stage present and speak to what we're trying to do. And we want you. <laughs> and I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> like, it just, it wasn't even a wow factor. Like, how the call was broken down, I'm like, that just makes sense. It just makes sense. And I'm like, yo, after the event, you know, I had a lot of people pull me aside and they're like, yo, we loved you on stage. Like, yeah. like, do you do this for a living? Like, is this like, are you a professional MC? And I'm like, no, I'm a tech writer. <laughs> right? But I can speak to the space. I'm passionate about the space. And then I, because I am personality as well, like, and I'm able to just deliver me and be me and speak to the topic, it came off however it came off and people enjoyed it. But then also the other problem we have is that we don't actually have people who have niched down correctly and are positioning themselves as thought leaders to be called upon by these brands. All right, nice. So you covered the five steps you come in a key person of influence. So now I would kind of want to pivot a little bit. Now I know you don't, Proclaim yourself to be a branding expert or anything, a branding mm -hmm. or marketing expert. But I think it's important, especially as we're talking about digital entrepreneurship, is like how do we build our audience, right? And mm -hmm. how do we how do we establish our online brand, right? So we understand we niche down everything. We've pitched, we putting out our content, we are building our profile, so we are consistent. So we're putting out episode after episode, blog after mm -hmm. blog, workshop after workshop. So people are saying, okay, maybe these people know what they're talking about. Maybe these people do have access to, to, um, to businesses in this community, in this segment and everything, right? Maybe these people are credible, mm -hmm. right? They're doing their partnerships with all the various brands. It's like, okay, so these big brands see the value in, in tagging on with these, let's not use the word influencers, but yeah. you know where I'm going with it, right? But no, it's such a big world out there, right? Mm -hmm. How do we get there? Because we're not necessarily marketing experts, as I, as I just said. So how do we build our audience and then, you know, monetize? Because... At the same time, we need to we need to pay our bills. I need to pay for the cabinets. Yes. <laughs> so the number one thing that the first thing separates to everybody is consistency. You know how hard it is to be consistent. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody's built for the grind, right? Like they're looking to make a quick buck, right? If you have figured out and did your self-assessment and you figured out that this is what you really want to do and this is something that really makes you happy and you're passionate about it, it's so much easier to get up every day and think about it and plan and execute and just keep on doing it, right? So that's number one. Number one is the consistency, but 
doing it from a place of, again, this is who you are as a person and doing that internal work, right? Most people haven't done that. So that's why they can never be consistent. So after you've done your self-assessment, the next thing is, and, and what most people don't do, is they don't actually take the time to learn the technology in hand. They don't take the time to learn how the platforms actually work. So it doesn't make sense you continuously posting content if no one sees it. Yeah, you know, It's like that age-old adage, if a tree falls and no one hears it, does it actually fall? Right. If yeah. you're creating content and no one's watching and no one's hearing it, like, are you really creating content? <laughs> right? You, you're probably creating content that nobody wants or you, again, you, you got to learn how to use the platforms that you're going All on. All right. So how you determine, is it that nobody cares or is it that I just, in a dark room, shout to myself? Yeah. <laughs> I think this is where utilizing some of the tools that I mentioned before and I've been, I've blocked about uh, quite a bit of tools to check. If you're using those tools and you're seeing people are searching for these things, then you know people are looking for that specific content, right? So it's not a matter of if it's not good, it's probably now a matter of, are you using the platforms correctly? Are you trying to make all this content on Instagram, but your audience is on LinkedIn? When I look at my analytics and the people who are watching it, very influential people are watching my stuff. So I've started to realize that, you know what, the entrepreneurship content is very big for LinkedIn because that's where my audience is for that type of content. If I want to sell products, like if I'm doing Droid Island work and I want to sell the phones, that audience is on Facebook and Instagram. Now, if I want to create content to get a brand partnership or to get noticed by the brands, I will write very specific content for LinkedIn because that's where the heads are. So it's understanding how each of the platforms is working and using it to your advantage. So here's an example. I might write a blog about, hey, five reasons why you need to pick up the new OnePlus 70, right? That content's gold on Facebook and Instagram. On LinkedIn, mm, not so much. You'll get some people that might message you about it, but it's not going to have the effect that it would because Facebook and Instagram is more for consumerism, right? If I want to write an article that touches the nerve or gets the attention of some high-level people, I will talk about, here's a good example. I'll talk about, I made a post about AT&T getting fined for not delivering unlimited data promise, right? Wrote, put out that content. I tagged our telecommunications companies, both of them. And then next couple hours, I seen the heads of the companies in my profile looking. So I'm like, okay, I got their attention. And then I just waited. I got a response, right? And then when we were at the event last night, one of the CEOs for the company was like, hey, I love that you tagged us in that thing. We were going over it and we we're going back and forth. And, you know, and this is why I think we do things differently with our company. And then they also referenced an article I wrote earlier in the year comparing the plans between both of our networks. And they actually posted that in their reply on my LinkedIn article. But then the CEO brought it up in our conversation last night as well. Right. Right? Nice. So learning how to use those platforms, learning what content is going to do well where, and having an objective for the content. That is what most people don't do. And they're not creating that impactful content. You know that we, we've created our content, we know we're targeting, people are watching. How do we monetize? So it's very easy to monetize, right? And people don't understand that. 
If you are in a service-based industry, right, go to two or three people, work for them for a month or two for free, get them results. Now you have a portfolio once you've gotten them results. You have that portfolio. You can now turn around and leverage that portfolio on a platform like LinkedIn and say, hey, I was able to raise this money or grow this following or help build this business, mama and papa's pizza shop to X whatever you did within a time frame. I can do that for you. You could also talk. You can also create content about the journey of building up that company for the month or two that you did work for. Document. Document it. And if you are so, if you're betting on yourself and you get those results and you did document it in the process, when you start to put that content out there, what do you think is the first question people are going to come to you with? Can you do that for me? How, oh, well, I thought it'd be, how did you do it? How did you do it and can you do it for me? Building that portfolio and leveraging it is the number one thing you need to do. Being able to identify the problems that is within your industry and figuring out the solutions. That solution could be, you know, if it's affiliate marketing, maybe I'm talking about a problem and I might, you know, drop a link to a book that I've read that can solve your problem. And I'm making commission off of that every time someone purchases it. That's one way to monetize content. Selling an ebook on your, you know, hey, top 10 investment tips, buy it for a dollar and you sell 100,000 copies of that you just made. That's one way to monetize content. I see when I have an audience of 100,000. But, but you don't even need that, right? Like you only need a couple of paying people. Like my private workshops I've done for myself, I limit it to 10 people, right? I limit it to 10 people because when I go in there, I want to be able to talk to everybody. I want to be able to educate everybody and I want everybody to be able to ask as much questions as possible. You can't do that to a large group. So I keep it small, right? But guess what? Every time I've done my personal workshop, I've always sold out, nice. <laughs> right? Okay. And... Every time I put out a workshop, it's now in high demand. So people are looking forward to it, right? So you can monetize with digital products. You can monetize your content with offline, like doing workshops. And then you can now turn around and showcase to brands. Hey, you know what? I did, so like, because this is stuff that I've done. I've done, you know, these workshops, talking to these people, doing this. We could do this together, and we could turn into something bigger. But guess what? I came out of pocket and I did those workshops on my own for free. So I already have the data. I can show you that it's working. You guys have the resources for us to scale it. And if you were doing the proper work where you're creating content and you've established yourself as a thought leader on platforms and you're getting your content in front of the decision makers, the decision makers can all say, you know what? Let's do it. I know who you are. I've seen your work. I've been following your work because you're within our space. You're consistently posting content. And you are now putting your money where your mouth is and you've actually paid out of pocket to do your own workshops. Now we could turn it into a brand deal. You know, we, we didn't even talk about this as yet, but what about like the importance of having teams? Because most of what we spoke about, you know, the key person of influence, you are the person that people want to partner with and everything. But mm -hmm. what about the like teams backing you? So it all depends on on your goals and I guess different industries. Like the one thing I love about digital entrepreneurship is we have so much systems in place that can replace, like I can be my own marketer because I have all these systems. I have the email marketing, I have my notification marketing platforms, your social media, you know, and you can repurpose all this content on different platforms and cut it up in different ways to make it work for different platforms, right? 
So the beauty of our age as well is you've alluded to it, mm-hmm. is that you have an editor. Where does your editor live? Oh, Dave, Dave is in the Philippines. He's in the Philippines, right? Dave is a part of your team. Oh, yeah. Right? Essential part of my team. Dave is an essential part of your team. Dave is my only paid employee. <laughs> there, there you go. So when people think of teams, it's like, you know, you got to get a bunch of people in the room to get things done. No, you can outsource a lot of your work now to people who are in different countries and you can save so much money because if you were to pay a Trini, what Dave is doing mm. is not going to no, be what no, you're Trini. Yeah, Trini is cool to me, double the price. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. And that's Trini. What about the States? <laughs> yeah, no, triple. <laughs> triple. New yeah. York, triple. Yeah, of course, mm-hmm. of course. But that's because of where they live and the cost of living for them. Yeah. And they're going to price for what makes sense for them for where they live, right? For us, we haven't mastered the art of outsourcing a lot of the stuff to build, you know, our external teams. You can outsource a lot of that work to other countries and get some really good work done at prices that are very affordable for us. So once you understand what it is that you need, then you have to play around with, okay, is this something I can outsource or do I need to hire somebody part-time in-house or do I need to hire somebody full-time within the business? So again, it depends on what what it is you're trying to do because I, I definitely believe in solo entrepreneurship. Like you could be a solopreneur. We have all these systems in place that will allow you to be a solopreneur. So that's the beauty of the time that we're living in. Like you can be a solopreneur and that's not a problem, but if you want to have a team, just there has to be an objective. And once you know what that objective is and you're very clear on that, then it's about, okay, do I need to outsource work to somebody else for them to do it? Or then do I need to get somebody in internally and whatnot and go from there? All right. So the last thing I want to talk to you about, Karan, is website, the importance of a website. Let's talk about the importance of having a website for your business and not just a Facebook page. Because, you know, when Facebook decides, hey, what's going on? Let me change my algorithm a little bit. So now the yeah. people who are following your page... Yeah. They don't get to see your posts. Yeah. You know, there are people who are, who are following, following, even on Instagram, yeah, unless you pay to boost it, right? Yeah. yeah. People who are following me on Instagram, he's like, Kevin, I, I didn't see any podcast news. I yeah. have three episodes already. Kevin, yeah. I didn't see anything on Instagram. We're going on, you know, algorithms. Yeah. It was a Yeah. <laughs> so the website's a must, and not even just for business. Think about students, think about employees. Everybody needs a website right now because. It's your own piece of the world that you can control, right? And if you're doing your website correctly, people should be able to book their spot with you. People should be able to pay you one time to book that spot. So that way you're making money while you're sleeping. E-commerce is the lowest hanging fruit. And e-commerce can be as simple as, you know what? I'm going to go on AliExpress. I'm going to buy 200 iPhone cables. And I'm going to put it on my website that I'm selling iPhone cables and throw up a PayPal link or throw up a, a, a WePay link and have people purchase the cords on my website and I wake up to 20 orders, all right? Your website is your hub. It is where you want everybody to come and find you. Websites also play the most important role with SEO. Like People are Googling problems. And if you are building out your website correctly, and you're learning the basics of SEO, when people are Googling their problems, you should be able to be found on that. Well, social media in general is not indexable where you can search a problem and people's Facebook is coming up. Usually it's coming up with people's websites, right? So when you're a student, you want to be able to put, you know, 
your resume, your work and stuff on there so that when you go to interviews, you can drop that link there and they could see everything and you can update it right away. And there's a lot more that can be done from a visual aspect than just a paper resume, right? And again, the fact that you can drive business from your website and you can earn money from your website, it's too important. And people still think that websites cost too much because when they're going to web developers, you know, they're getting quoted some prices. But the reality is, is that I will never knock anybody for the price. Everybody has a high price for a reason. When you want to go get, you know, the best surgery, you know, you're paying money. Yeah. Well, if you want cheap surgery, you know, there's that too. When you're going to proper web developers, they're going to cost you money. But a lot of these web developers will build a website, but they don't teach you the strategy. So you can learn how to build your own website. And that has the barrier for building your own website has changed because you can build a WordPress website on the cheap. You can build a Squarespace website on the cheap and it's just going to cost you the time to learn how to put it together. And then once you do that, you're good to go. Because at the end of the day right now, your website is the most important thing for any, it's it's your number one brand asset. Yeah. And I know you do WordPress courses. So you teach people how to use WordPress. So you don't just sit on one of them one with me on Starbucks on, on holidays. Yeah. <laughs> so I've done two workshops so far, you know, walking people through the process of building, getting people to understand what goes into a website, why you need a website, the different types of websites. And then we got into actually starting to get your hosting, get your domain name and getting your WordPress theme, getting all that stuff set up. And then our next WordPress workshop will be about, you know, how to actually build pages and use page builders to create your own custom pages and whatnot like that. You know, so I think we covered a lot of a lot of essential stuff today and I'm really glad you're able to come across this evening and, yeah. and um, hit these points. And I think like right now, I don't know about the listener, yeah. but right now there's so many questions popping through my mind. Like, okay, so how do I learn to build a website? How do I learn SEO? And the beauty of the time we're living in right now is that, you know, we have things like YouTube, yeah, you have Google and all these things. And, you know, once you care enough and once you're resilient enough that you want to learn and you want to solve that problem, spend a weekend, spend a couple of days. Binge. Don't binge on Netflix. Binge on YouTube. Correct, correct. You know, binge on Google. I think one of the big issues that we have in, in the Caribbean is that people would rather go to a Facebook group and ask a question than go to Google. Yeah. And you're asking questions in a Facebook group only to get wrong information from people who aren't doing it. But you put that same question in Google and you get the answers that you want. You, you drop it in YouTube and you get the videos you want and you're seeing all of that. I've yeah. learned the majority of the, the skills that I've learned has been from YouTube and forums. Well, that's the second most popular search engine. Yeah, it, it is, you know. So we have to get into the frame of mind where we're asking the right questions to the right platforms and learning how to get the right information from people. Because another issue that we have is that we have a lot of people that are popping up with information, right? Mm-hmm. But they haven't built anything. They've just read books and they're regurgitating the information. Right. So when we have a lot of people here, you know, when they hear that, it's like, oh my God, that person speaking my mind, right? But then we don't have people that question the messengers. Yeah. Like they like the message, but they don't question the messengers. And if you're not questioning the messenger, like you, you really have to sit back and analyze, you know, our, what's going on with you? <laughs> what, what's happening? Because that's how a lot of people are spending bad money. You're dealing with people that haven't built anything. They've just read books and they can regurgitate the information. You have a lot of people who literally just read a chapter 
or they hear something from somebody and then jump on Instagram and then say, hey, guys, you guys should be doing this. But you're not even doing it. You just heard somebody else talk about it 20 minutes ago. And we have a lot of that, but we don't have enough people in the Caribbean that are saying to themselves, let me question this. Is that person actually doing it? How is somebody going to tell me they're going to grow my following? You haven't grown your following. (laughs) And then if I say, whose following have you grown? You don't have a portfolio. So we have to start to question the messengers of the message. The message isn't good enough anymore because a lot of people, a lot of us have read the same books. Yeah. So our messaging is going to be very similar, right? But the goal now is to find people that can actually help us achieve results. But if you haven't gotten it for yourself, then how are you going to help me to do it? All right, Karen. So now as you get ready to to wrap up here, Mm -hmm. I want to give you open mic, open forum, open platform to say anything that we didn't get to cover this evening that you want to make sure that you get out to the audience. And feel free to plug. Go. So the most important thing that I want people to take away is that Digital entrepreneurship is something that everybody can do, right? You just simply need to look at yourself and really assess what makes you happy and what are you interested in. And it doesn't matter what that is, right? The most popular online course on Teachable's platform that made over six figures US in 2018 was a course on how to teach people to spot copper deficiency in goats. Okay, Not cats. Not cats, goats. That was clearly a problem for people, right? Mm-hmm. And people spent a lot of money learning how to detect copper deficiency in goats. You can niche down in anything. Your community isn't limited by geography anymore. Getting paid is no longer an issue anymore because you can get paid from anywhere in the world. The only thing stopping you from making money is yourself. The only thing stopping you from from your own happiness is yourself. Figuring out what makes you happy and jumping into it, you will then be able to say, you know what, let me dive into this field and you can start to create your own sources of income and you can start to have an impact. You can start to solve problems for other people. And the best part is that you could do all this and not even be an expert. You could just come out tomorrow and say, you know what? I want to learn about carpentry. I have no idea how to get started, but I'm fascinated. So let me start to document my journey. Let me start to put on workshops where I'm bringing in experienced carpenters to teach us. And I'm going to be learning with you guys. But guess what? You're still making money because you're curating the experience. These are all things that are possible. You can build these things while you guys are still working at nine to five. And there's nothing wrong with having a nine to five and building a digital business because guess what? A digital business doesn't require you to physically be anywhere, right? You can work your nine to five and still be making money because you're making money in the cloud, right? It's low hanging fruit. You just need to figure yourself out and then start Googling, start looking at how people are making money in that niche. And then start to get creative with how you approach that business. And again, if you if you ever need any help, jump on KarenRose.com. I love to talk about it. You can hit me on Karen Rose on Instagram, Facebook, shoot me a message. And again, like I just want to be an agent of change in the community within the Caribbean diaspora because I know where we are in a global scale. And I know the world has always been trying to hold us back, but with the digital age, it's no longer possible. We just need to get into a frame of mind that 
we are unstoppable and we are in control of our own destiny. And if we can start to do that and start to think like that and internalize that, we're going to be in such an unstoppable position. That's your pitch. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but you know, I just sat down for the past five minutes wondering about the copper deficiency in goods. <laughs> Podcast world, there you have it. Digital Entrepreneurship 101 with Karan Rose. Subscribe to Caribbean Power Lunch at caribbeanpowerlunch.com slash subscribe. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And with that, Podcast World, Karan. We out. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> we are out.